0: The Rosie and Bill Show wish to thank our partners in Positivity primary sponsors.
1: The Roselli Agency, based in Kennett Square, Pennsylvania. Brian and his team of insurance professionals have been serving the needs of Chester County for more than two decades.
0: The Malin Agency, located in Springfield, PA, where they take pride in tailoring the right insurance policy for the right client and exceeding expectations every time.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Rosie and Bill Show. Bill and I have decided to take this week in a different direction. Generally, we have these fantastic artists on our show, actors, comedians, singers, musicians. But this week, you're going to get to know your co-hosts a little bit. So, Bill, I'd like to start by asking a question that we often ask our guests. When did you first know that you had this talent for being behind a microphone?
0: Who, Um... <clears throat> Well, I don't, I can't speak to the talent, but I know that I've almost always loved being behind a microphone as far back as I can remember Um, wanting to be a sportscaster, wanting to be a rock star. It didn't really matter. I love sports and music equally as a kid. So And I didn't quite realize it at the time. I just knew that I really enjoyed reading the box scores or pretending I was doing the sports uh, on my own or recording into a a little tape recorder. And uh, then in high school, they needed a singer for this band going into the battle of the bands. And I was like, what the hell? I'll do it.
1: And had you sung before that? No. No. You just was like, I have no idea if I can sing, or or you knew you could sing from singing like in the shower.
0: Um, I guess I had s- sung a little bit in the shower, and I didn't break any glass or cause any animals to, you know, scream or bark or moan or <laughs> you know, cry. But more, it was about. I think the girls would like that, so uh, let's let's give that a shot. And at the time, I was six one and one hundred and fifteen pounds. What the hell else was I going to do? Um, <laughs> But it actually turned out pretty well, and interestingly, that first battle of the bands, I just remember there were 3,000 people, they estimated, packed into the gym at Upper Darby High School in Upper Darby, Pennsylvania, and people were like literally right up in front of my face. They were packed like sardines. So... I loved it, had a great time, but the next day I started teaching myself how to play the drums because I needed something in between me and all those people. It freaked me out a little bit.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, I was going to say, were you nervous at all?
0: Um, I I guess I was, but mostly about getting the words wrong. Uh, that was probably my biggest fear because especially with Freebird, that's what we finished with. You do not want to flub the words to Freebird.
1: How many songs did you do? Do you remember?
0: We did, we're an American band, Space Trucking, and Freebird in that first battle of the bands. And the other tough part, here's another tough part, okay? When you're doing the live version of Freebird, there's about 10 minutes at the end, whereas the singer, you got nothing to do. There's guitar leads being traded off, some cool bass lines, you know, drum breaks, I just kind of stood there and just, just clapped my hands and, you know, just did what I could to keep people entertained. But that part was a little tough. Um, and then I realized there's something to being this front man, you got to bring something to the table other than just singing. So like I said, the next day, taught myself how to play the drums. And for the next several battle of the bands, I was a lead singer and the drummer, I played some Don Henley for
1: a few years after that. Well, what happened? Did you did the band do well that first time?
0: we uh there were i think eight bands i honestly i'm not sure where we didn't win um but the next two years that i competed finished second both times didn't didn't win and and one year we finished second to a band called cashmere and their guitar player was jeff labar who went on to big and great things with cinderella and they had I believe they had over 20 microphones uh, through a gigantic PA system. I think they probably spent a couple thousand dollars to win a couple hundred dollars. But they were amazing. And we literally had five mics total for all of us. And I think they had about 20. Wow. Um, Yeah. And we played my favorite song that night. We did Johnny Be Good. I love that song. From the father (laughs) of rock and roll, Chuck Berry.
1: Right. I know he's your guy. It's it's interesting that um, that's such a passion for you, folks. We call these days the glory days, mm. right? Because how can you not look back on them with fond memories? And you, you sometimes like to reminisce or want to go back because it was just a lot of good times, good energy, good feelings and fun and camaraderie and all of that. But now, like we fast forward a little bit, and you had to work, right? Mm-hmm. You you had to work and put yourself through college and whatnot. But in college, you pursued the other passion that you had for sports casting. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah, and I was definitely on the uh, extended plan going to college. There were sometimes I had to take a little break, work, get some money, and, and go back. Um, but yeah, my uh, senior year at Westchester, um, it was time for me to pick an internship, and I know that a lot of people that wanted that were aspiring to go into communications or go into sports casting or news, they would opt for trying to get internships at one of the big local stations. And um, I kind of looked at it differently. My concern was that if I go there, I'm probably going to be getting coffee for people and running errands and doing that kind of thing. So. I found a smaller TV station in Newcastle, Delaware, Channel 2, WNS. And I went there and I met with the news director and the sports director. And boy, they they needed interns. They'd take any help they could get. So I opted to go there. And it took me about a week to approach the sports director and say, Jonathan, Uh, I said, Jonathan, listen, Here we are in Northern Delaware. I think the people here love the Philadelphia sports teams. So I think we should cover the Philadelphia sports teams. And he said, Bill, we don't have the resources. I said, I do. He said, who's going to work the camera? I have friends. I'll teach them how to work the camera. So within a couple of weeks after that, I was covering, you know, Phillies, Flyers, Eagles. I covered all four of the Philadelphia sports teams. I was the first Uh, intern at Westchester to make it on the air. Good evening, I'm Bill Miller. For the first time since 1980, and for the fifth time in their history, the Flyers will be a part of the Stanley Cup Finals. The Flyers' ticket to the Finals came as a result of last night's 3-0 win over the Nordiques. Now coming into the game, the Flyers knew that a loss would send the series back to Quebec for a seventh and deciding game. And with that in mind, the Flyers decided to wrap things up in their own building. Rick Tockett scored the game's first goal, when he directed this mark-out blast from the point through the pads of Quebec goaltender Mario Gosselin. While all those young students at channels 3, 6, and 10 at the time were getting coffee and filing tapes, I was interviewing Phillies, Eagles, and Flyers. So it was a lot of fun. The reasons why I've been playing consistent, I guess, that I've been playing a lot. But, uh, and uh, I, I asked this different goal this year than I was last year. Last year, things were not going my way, and this year, things are going the way.
1: So it's a little different. Bill, I have to say, and I've, I've said this before, but one of the things I admire most about you is you're fearless, you're confident, and you make things happen. You don't just state something casually. When you have a dream or an idea, you really put it out there and, and then you pursue it. It's not just like some pipe dream or anything like that. Like, you're just like, no, I I know I'm going to make this happen. And you do like everything you set out to do. So I I just commend you on that because that's been a through line in your life. Like you set goals and, and you have that knack. You have that intuitive nature that just, you know how to achieve them. Like you, you take the action so I just want to say that's something that really impresses me about you.
0: Well, coming from you, that means a lot. And I really appreciate it. And, and I will say that um, I did end up taking a detour for a while, um, you know, in terms of when when you, and I, I'm curious to see when we get to this part, in, when I ask you the questions, uh, how things went with you. But I know that Back in that time when I was graduating college and I had an opportunity to get a job at Channel 2 and I had a few other opportunities, um, that fearlessness uh, evaporated because there was no support from anywhere uh, for, for doing that type of work. And uh, so I buckled and I and I took the corporate route and I, I went and worked where my father worked for 40 years and, and did that. And. You know, then it took me a few decades to to really get back to what I love doing, which is where the Rosie and Bill show comes in. But during that you time. You always had I was,
1: your hand in something.
0: Well, I, I was going to say and I, I would like to share this with anyone who has a passion, has a dream, but maybe they've got to just, you know, do other things or, you know, life gets in the way and they're working a job. And one of the things I would share with you because I did this was and it goes back to the whole microphone thing. I love being behind a microphone. So when I had a corporate job in the insurance world for several decades, whenever there was an opportunity to give a presentation, to run a workshop, to coach people, to teach people, to deliver a message, whatever it was, if it was behind a microphone or in front of a group of people, I volunteered and I did it and I loved it. So I took aspects of the things I love to do and applied them to the job that I had to do. Now, fast forward to the present, I'm now five years into the greatest job I've ever had in my life with my partner in crime who's asking me these questions. So what I'm going to do right now, since we just fast forward to the present, is I'm going to take you back. So if we look back to when you were just a youngin, what are your earliest memories of what you wanted to do or what you wanted to be when you grew up?
1: Well, I was... Uh shy initially and then i grew into my personality about the age of nine i mean i remember being kind of a hellion with all the other little kids in my fourth grade class and i told the teacher i wanted to be a nun <laughs> and then the next time i acted up she said i thought you wanted to be a nun <laughs> i said oh yeah but um no i i used to i found some creative writing assignments back from grade school. And one of them was entitled, Will Her Dream Come True? And it was about a woman who was, got this major audition in California to be in a movie. So it was always there. I, I grew up singing at the piano with my brother and I had a natural ear for harmony. And so I think it was always there. I don't know how seriously I took myself, probably not that seriously, but even in sixth grade, we had like a sing and dance show that I produced because we were trying to make money for a charity. And so I've always had my hand in it. And, um, and finally, after I graduated, well, in college I did some theater. And then after I graduated, I was, I took some acting classes in Philadelphia and my dad was like, I don't know when you're going to stop fooling around. And, um, that was hard because then i got it in my head that oh it should only be a hobby and i really didn't deserve to make money at it so i think it 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 kind of messes with your head a little bit but i still decided anyway i always wanted to live to to live in california um hollywood you know i had stars in my eyes and so i did um uh, and it was hard to leave because i love my family i'm very close with my family but i needed to do that And, um, what can I say when you're, when you have something inside of you that you're meant to do, you can put it off all you want, but that's not going to go away because it's part of what you're supposed to do. If there's something really nagging at you, I, I encourage everyone to pay attention to it at any age.
0: Well, I, I have to tell you, and, and you just kind of, um, went all the way through school and then college and then post-college. But I just want to bring it back just for a second, because in addition to those things you mentioned, you were also an incredible athlete, multiple sports. And when I met you at Westchester, it was pretty clear to me that there was something special there, that you had some gifts and that I, I wasn't exactly sure where you would land because I thought you could be great on television as a reporter yourself. And even in sports, you were a great athlete. You knew a lot and still know a lot about sports. You you can keep pace with any guy or anybody in, in talking sports, regardless of what it is. But there was just something about you. I knew that you were going to be something, but I also admire you for following that dream. Because like you said, that comment your dad made, isn't that much different than comments my dad made, and I love my dad. But when you come home and you say you want to be, and you know, in the movies or in television, or you want to be a sportscaster, there's not a long line of people saying, "Yeah, do that." Right, They're giving you high fives,
1: and you have but to. You did, it, you did it anyway. Right, and and obviously, you have to understand the mentality of our parents. Who grew up in a different era where you just had to get a job and support a family? Like they, my dad wanted to be a journalist, a sports reporter as well, a journalist, and then he he went into the service, and when he came out, he had to work and and support his mom. He couldn't go back to college, you know, because he went right from high school. So he, that was a normal thing to, uh, you know. Oh that that's what it was a dream. Yeah. Right? It was a dream and it was something that or best a hobby. You weren't yeah, you weren't necessarily that would be for someone else to pursue. And I'm sure he wished he could have done it but he had priorities and um yeah, so I I felt like why not try, you know? I I just liked it and I didn't see why I shouldn't try. And I, my thing was, if I got a job and started making a good living, then I would get too comfortable and probably never do it. So that was my thinking. And I also kind of like to have the freedom to go when I want to go and where I want to go.
0: There's something, there's something to that. And um, so if we were to, let's say, journey back just a couple of years, uh, somewhere around the end of 2017, I was doing a little something on Facebook and I had reached out to you because I heard you were back in the area and um, asked you if you might be interested in being a guest on this little Facebook Live thing that I was doing. And I remember it was snowing. The weather wasn't that great. It was December here in suburban Philadelphia, and you braved the elements, and you came over. And that particular night, you ended up not just being the guest, but you ended up being my co-host. And we just winged it for—I don't even know how long. You know what were your thoughts that night? Were you. Thinking it was like, well. It I was, was to
1: too long. Here? First of all, it was like two hours. <laughs> And this is the way it is, folks. I'm always aware of the time I've got a stopwatch running here right now,
0: <laughs> and I don't and surprise, he surprise.
1: so I'm always like Ka-ch! but um, no, but we had fun, and there was just a natural ease of conversation, and it was fun, and it it has definitely morphed into where we are today, and I'm sure it'll continue to change but it's it's been just a fun exploration of getting to know other people and getting to know ourselves in the in these roles. So so it's been great. And I have a question for you, Bill, because yeah. very quickly before we wrap this up, um, you know, we talk to our guests about branding and about where how do they find their voice or and our guest uh, just recently, one of our guests said, oh, I even dressed a certain part because I felt like I had to fit into a certain mold. And mm-hmm. and that's true. You know, we do. You feel like, oh, I have to look a certain way. So I would like to know, where did you get your, your sense of fashion from?
0: I had a feeling you were leading up to something. And I was getting ready <laughs> to put my guard up because I wasn't sure what direction it was coming from but I knew it was coming and I'll have you know that I got my sense of fashion from Magnum P.I. So there you go, how about that?
1: Okay, well, that's a good one. I respect him, well, I, actually, life, I think he's a great guy. I worked with him on a film one time and, and he was really, really nice. We'll see
0: that, how about that? Maybe we'll have to see if we can get him on the show at some point when he's not busy doing Blue Bloods. Yeah, but, yeah, that'd yeah, be I, awesome. I'm one who believes in um, just kind of dressing how you feel. And when I get to do this show with you, I feel festive. I feel happy. And what says festive and happy better than this?
1: I will plead the fifth on that. (laughs)
0: Well, if I keep talking, we're going to have people drinking the fifth. So I guess I'll stop.
1: (laughs) Anyway, you know, Bill, this was fun kind of um, walking down memory lane that was that was a lot of fun but there's there's much more to come folks yeah we're gonna have a a lot more amazing guests on the show as i always say we love our guests and you know we have some fun things we'll do with summer coming i bought kites last year and Mm -hmm. one of these days bill and i are going to go out there and try and get these kites up in the air
0: (laughs) that will be an adventure it will be i think this shirt
1: is actually a kite i'm not sure i see pineapples i don't <laughs> see a kite but anyway but we we hope you enjoyed kind of getting to know us a little bit and our backstory and we thank you as always for tuning in and we'll see you next week